Well, good afternoon. It's uh, October 24th. Uh, We're here at the Beer Garden at the Long Run on 2452 Sutherland Avenue. I'm the dead and engineer. I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And it's good to be back after... I, I missed you last week, man. Three weeks, yeah. It was, it was tough. We're trying to do two weeks, and I, I, I messed up the schedule last week. Uh, I had an appointment, uh, so I'm, I'm definitely to blame on that one. Um, but as usual, we have a lot to talk about. And so, uh, episode, uh, season two, episode nine. Uh, like, like I said, we're here at 2452 Sutherland Avenue with the Deadhead Engineer. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, deadhead.engineer865. And on Spotify, assuming all things work out accordingly, it took us a minute or two to... One day we'll figure it out. And, you know, you're the engineer. You're supposed to have this stuff, like, down. I don't, I don't do electrical stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, 1024-1990. I know uh, you've been chomping at the bit, waiting to hear, wait, you know, wondering what um, what show I was going to pick. 1990, excellent show. The Dead were not uh, still reeling after Brent's death in uh, July of uh, a couple of months prior. It was a dueling piano thing that they had going on. So you had Vince on um he kind of did the synthesizer uh sounds and then bruce hornsby was on the grand piano i know you said you'd noticed uh little red rooster was in there and that's a song that you actually recognized yeah i um, like that song which is very cool and so uh this is from the sports hall in hamburg germany um we're not drinking um any Oktoberfest beers? We do have we do have Schultzbrau Oktoberfest on on tap here at the Long Run, excellent. but we're not drinking it right now. No, we're not. And so, uh, excellent show though. There's a, there's a couple of uh, shows to choose from on October fourth. Uh, I went with this 1990 uh, show with Feels Like a Stranger to open up things, and West LA Fadeaway, which is not as good as it was in the 80s, but it's excellent. Queen Jane is a Bob Dylan tune. Yeah. Um, and then Help Slip Franklin's Tower is excellent. Um, it must have been kind of different for the band to play I Need a Miracle because um, usually from I Need a Miracle into the wheel, they'd go into something that Brent would have sang. Instead, they went into going down the road feeling bad. Um, and so Brent's birthday was two day, uh, three days ago. What's today? Saturday? Tuesday, Wednesday was his birthday. So he would have been... I think 70 years old, and so uh, they're actually doing a uh, 70th birthday party for Tom Petty on Tom Petty Radio right now. So. E- excellent. Uh, yes. So XM Radio, if you listen, you could listen to Tom Petty, and you can flip back and forth between the uh, Grateful Dead channel. Exactly. And so check out 1024-1990 from the Sports Hall in Hamburg, Germany. Um, again, we're here at uh, 2452 Sutherland Avenue, hanging out at the Beer Garden. Thank goodness it didn't rain. It hasn't rained. Uh, it rained this morning. I think we lucked out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sponsored by Knoxville Distance Project. Uh, and so, brother, what's on tap? I'm drinking the uh, Sexy Cat APA from Hexagon Brewery. We just got on tap uh, last week or so. It's... Hexagon's over there on Central. Is that right, or am I wrong? Uh, no, it's off of... Um... It was a guess. Yeah. Uh, it's like in like the Powell, North, North oh, Knox area. okay, yeah. right on. 
Okay, so you'd have to take Central and, and keep driving yeah. north and, yeah. and go it's east up there. somewhere. Yeah. Cool. Um, I got Print Shop. Yep. This is a surprise to me, so I'm drinking Print Shop. Print Shop, excuse me. Uh, very local, kind of around the corner. What am I drinking? Remind me. Uh, it's the hand crank pale ale. The hand so kind of like it sounds like a bicycling type of thing. Yeah. So cool. Something. Uh, it's tasty. Um, it, more beers coming in in the future, local wise, or yeah. Anything so you can talk about. Uh, you know, we're still trying to trying to branch out. We just got next level on uh, in cans. Um, and uh, next level is definitely Broadway and Central. I yes. know that for sure. Yep. Yep. And we're you know we we got the Schultz Brow. We're bringing in, we're just trying to bring in uh, just a lot of local stuff. We got um, Albert Grove and cans to, for sale, and then we've got four rotating taps, so we're going to make sure that those those are all uh, something local at all times. So. And I guess we'll get, we'll, we're going to talk about a lot of beer here in a little while, and I guess, uh, has, is there a definitive beer that you're going with when we get to that point? Uh, I'm going to go with a variety, okay. so no, there's not. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it it's always good. I think, you know, one of the things that I'm always, you know, when people ask me, you know, apparel, boutique, uh, beer wise, I always obviously push them here to the long run just because I think, um, you know, you got uh, a good variety of beer, a good variety of clothing options, and we'll get into clothing stuff soon. Uh, but it's cool, you know, bringing in. Um, you know, local brews, and, yeah. and it's cool. Uh, and this print shop and hexagon, what you're drinking stuff you can't know, you can't always find on this side of town. It looks a little bit yeah. darker than what I'm drinking. Yeah, so yeah. You went a little lighter on me, which I thank you for that. So, um, lots of stuff on tap. No pun intended. Uh, we'll get to our special guest caller here shortly. Um, I guess to start off the bat, which it was. I guess at this everything's two weeks ago because mm -hmm. we're still kind of in a quarantine uh, pandemic thing going on. But um, KIL happened two weeks ago. It used to be on Cherokee Boulevard mm -hmm. at Sequoia. It's not there anymore. So it was moved out to Jason Bailey's place out there. Oh, no, excuse me. That's where the cross-country race is going to happen that we talked about three weeks ago. Uh, it happened at Shumpert Park. Oh, right, yeah. Which, from what i talking to other coaches... Uh, it sounds like Shumper Park is kind of like an equal uh, equal to um, Victor Ash. Uh, and Hardin Valley definitely stamped themselves as a team title contender with a one through five sweep. Um, you know, I, I, neither of us have probably talked to our boy Mike Spooner lately, uh, and I have not talked to Coach Brown in a couple of weeks, but, you know, someone that's run you know run a lot of cross-country races yourself in high school college and thereafter you know you get a, a one through five sweep uh that kind of says a lot about what's going on domination yeah and so it looks like you know that's the thing you know there was just a coach in here earlier uh from a, a high school who shall remain nameless um you know with everything that's going on and like teams being kind of cut in half and they put an eight and eight there's an a team and a b team and who can run what at at this race and 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 obviously things are spread thin it's kind of hard to tell you mm -hmm. know uh brentwood obviously out of the nashville area looks good but um they're not allowing they still haven't allowed um like competition in 
you know, mm-hmm. that Davidson County. So uh, Nashville kids have had to travel to Alabama, Florida to run races. And so it, you know, in years past here locally, you'd be able to look and see, you know, okay, this, this is the way this team matches mm-hmm. up or, you know, the number one, one, two, and three, they have a, a good one, two, three punch. But the back end of another team looks pretty good, and so it'll be interesting. It actually kind of makes things a little more exciting. It cause does because you, you really don't know, you know, just because a uh, team ran well, you don't have you don't have the A versus B comparisons that you do in most years, where you can say, well, you know, Harden Valley beat this team, and then this other team beat this team by by same amount, so they're probably going to be pretty close. I think it kind of opens up for you know surprises that people aren't really expecting. I agree, and I you know and you know we're we're we both ran uh, collegiately, and regardless of whether it's Division One or Division Two or Three, the the national championships went to different locations. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the state of Tennessee (TSSAA) has always had our state championship in um, in Nashville at Percy Warner. Mm-hmm. I'm a proponent, coming you know, born and raised in New York. Our state championship moves around, hmm. so and obviously New York is a is a big state, um, but it. I remember one year I ran as a tenth grader and we were in almost near Canada hmm. versus like my senior year I I was able to sleep at home and then travel to CW Post and run the state championship. Hmm. So I, <coughs> excuse me, I like the idea of. Uh, you know, for better or for worse, obviously we're dealing with different different things going on, and so TSSAA had to move the state championship from Nashville to Memphis. I like the idea of it because I'd like to see, um, you know, have it at Victor Ash mm-hmm. Park, have it at Cherokee one one year, yeah, and then have it in Memphis, have it in Cookville, Clarksville, Nashville, different places, and it. And it's not going to tell you the same thing every year. So you have to, you can't just train for that course. Right. You have to train each team, you know, or as the coach, you have to train like independently of what, like, well, we know that it's going to be, it's either 80 or 40, right. but you know the course. So I, I like it. Yeah, it's interesting. I, know, I hadn't really thought about that. I like it. I mean, you know, there's obviously talk over the last couple of months, you know, um, the national, you know, NCAA championship should always be in Terre Haute. Track championship should always be in Arkansas. Indoors, outdoors should always be in Eugene. You know, obviously, track, you're not, there's not a whole lot to navigate. Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is when it comes to a 400-meter oval or a 200-meter indoor oval. Um, but I like the idea of, like, mixing it up. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so we'll see, you know... You know, a bunch of coaches will probably get around, or you know, have a round table and decide what they do. Um, all that being said, Hardin Valley looks to be uh, a pretty formidable team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Boone out of Johnson City, Brentwood, like we said, out of uh, uh, the Nashville, Nashville. area, uh, look to be. It'll be interesting, and it'll be on a completely different course, and throw away what happened beforehand. And so when they go, when they go at it here in whatever a month or a little less than a month uh three weeks or so um it'll be fun and so uh yeah cool and we'll get to 
we started off with cross country, mm -hmm. and then we might finish this first segment with cross country and see what happens with that. But um, I guess this past Tuesday was it Tuesday? Tuesday or Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. Was the Michigan uh, the Hanson's Distance Project Michigan Ekaden? I guess that's what we're calling it. Um, it was the Hanson's group. <sighs> it was Northern Arizona Northern. Elite. Yep. Um, Hanson's had two groups. Yes, they did. Roots, Roots running from uh, Boulder, um, and um, I think there's another Boulder, like a like Boulder running. Uh, Boulder running. Boulder running. Yep. That's um, Lee, Lee Troops group. Atlanta Atlanta Track Club had a team. Um, it was it was it was actually a really interesting thing because Atlanta Track Club had a had a high school runner team, <laughs> and we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. And he's it a pretty badass runner. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it was a, it was a co-ed relay, a marathon distance. I think it was three girls and three guys on each team, and the distances ranged. There was a couple 10K legs, a couple 5K legs, and a couple 6.1K legs, I think. Yeah. I think that's how it worked out. And it uh, equaled up to 42.2K. And it equaled to 42.2K. Yeah. And, um, you know, they they tried to to have good coverage, but uh, their, their um, cameras went out on them, and uh, they had uh, Dathan Ritzenhein on the, on the call. Um, and it was, you know, you could tell they were they were trying to do the best they could with with limited information, but the the results were, um, I mean, it was it was fun to kind of watch watch yeah. how how it developed, and you know, I think we've talked before about ekidens and and how they're such a big sport in Japan, and how people get so excited for them, and it really is a cool concept, just the the whole relay thing. Yep. Um, I remember in in cross country, going back to cross country in high school, we actually did a. A two four by two mile relay in cross country. Okay. Um, that was on I mean, a cross country on a cross country course. course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at uh, Bull Run Park. Um, my 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 best recollection of that is that Alan Webb split like eight flat or something, oh, or sit nine flat or something. But uh, not eight, <laughs> eight flat. Eight, but nine eight, flat eight, would be eight, pretty 40, good too. Eight forty or something. Um, but yeah, it, the the whole the whole relay thing makes changes changes everything a lot so it was it was interesting to watch um i don't know we saw lauren paquette has some has some ties here she was on the naz elite team yeah uh, she ran the first 6.1k and by then i think tyler day had put a pretty good pretty good gap on everyone else he ran like 20 he just 28, broke 29 minutes 28 40 something, something like, like that. that lauren yeah. lauren ran 19 one for 6.1k that's moving um and and so naz elite pretty much like they took the they took it and ran with it and yeah. never no pun intended I never got past yeah that, that group you know they had Kellen Taylor on that team uh -huh. um, Scott Fobble Scott Fobble was on a he might have been a 10k leg mm -hmm. and then uh, I'm gonna get her name wrong but I think Danny and we'll have to go back and look at uh, she she was the other leg on that yeah. team and and uh, you know no no uh, no harm no, no no foul on that we just you know uh, didn't do our homework on that one, um, but that it 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 was an interesting, uh, you know, having run only around Stony Creek Metro Park a couple of times. Uh, it's a really neat park. Mm -hmm. uh, huge lake in the middle. Around around the lake is a, a about 10k. Uh, yeah. And it's nice rolling. Mm -hmm. It looked like a, per, you know, we watched the coverage and you know you could, you know, we're not gonna say anything negative you know about Dathan and what uh, I think it was Samantha Hanson yeah, right. uh, uh, Kevin's uh, Keith or Kevin's daughter I think 
you know, they were kind of left to their own devices trying to figure out yeah. what the hell to talk about because they had planned, I think there were four cameras throughout the course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, there was supposed a storm. to be a drone. There was and a storm that night and everything got knocked out. And so they had no cameras. They were, they were getting people to text them splits. And, you know, it's, you know, we make fun of covers a lot. Yeah. Uh, when we watch track and field and stuff and sometimes you just don't realize, you know, how, how hard it can be to, to make that coverage good. But they were dealt they were, a crappy hand. Yeah. And they, they did the best they could. And you know, um, I, I think we could sit here all day and talk about how we would love coverage for professional athletics to be like the NFL. Mm-hmm. We're not in stadiums. We're in metro parks, and right. we're doing things out on greenways, and so it's a different dynamic. Um, so it was it was a challenge, I'm sure. You know, you and I haven't been thrusted into that position yet to you know have to talk through ourselves. Not know, yet. Talk, not yet. Maybe one day. Um, all that being said, uh, Northern Arizona Elite ran like two ten, two ten forty something. Some, yeah. So. Uh, 210-0 something, I think. All the reviews that I've read from Keith and Kevin to Scott Fauble to Lee Troop, Jake Riley, um, and everybody in between on those teams, it it sounds like it's going to be something that... I think, it would, I think it would be really cool if it kept going. Yeah. Again, like, I don't think it's going to be like the Ekidens are in Japan, where it's like a, you know, everyone watches them. Like, right. it's, it's like a Super Bowl. Um, the Hakane Ekiden gets gets... You know, basically everyone in Japan watches that on New Year's Day. Um, But just, yeah, something different. Like everyone's, you know, we're so used to just, you know, turning on and watching a marathon and, you know, having it. But the the team, the team aspect where, you know, you might, you might get a complete mismatch on one leg where a team, a team can go from, you know, first to third or fourth pretty quickly uh, makes it, makes it really interesting. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, and and then we'll we'll go into something else that um, uh, is kind of related to uh, Northern Arizona Elite and Ben Rosario. Can an Ekadin take place in Knoxville? You think at some point in time? Sure, Ekadin can happen anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Do you think so? You know, obviously we watched our, our friends watched uh, what was going on in Michigan. Maybe that's something we need to think about. I actually saw. ASICS is coming out with a, a Marathon Ekiden app. And I don't know how it's, I don't exactly know how it works. I just saw it this morning when I was browsing through the internet. But like, you can come, you and, you and five, six people can basically uh, split up a marathon course and run a relay. And it, and it, and it will, you know, combine all your times and make your. Is this like a virtual thing? Though? It's like a virtual thing, okay. yeah. But it's it's a it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I feel like it'd be it'd be a neat thing. It's like so many, you know, during these challenging times, um, you know, everybody's so used to like getting up to the starting line, mm-hmm. gun goes off, mm-hmm. and they go like, how unique and um, neat would it be to like, hey. We're, we're going to do this differently. Like, you're going to be stationed out somewhere well, else. Well, it's or... not that much different than a marathon relay. Right. You know, the Knoxville yeah. Marathon yes. has a four, has a two-person or a four-person relay. The first leg basically ends in Cher- on Cherokee Boulevard down by the bathrooms. And then they pick them and up. And they pick them up, go yeah. up Knowlton, and go down the Greenway. And the second leg ends in World's Fair Park. And then, so it's, it's, it's similar to that. And people, you know, are used to running relays. But usually, 
um, that's not the main focus of the race. I wonder if you just call it an Ekiden. Does it, it would, make it it would, different it would deal? be it would be interesting <laughs> yeah. if you just if you just said, okay, this is the Knoxville Marathon Ekiden relay, yeah, Ekiden, and see if people it makes people more uh, more pumped. Yeah, about it, it. Yeah, just a slight twist of words there would make it interesting. Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it, um, and you know we'll see um, in the years to come. Like, you know, do they do they bring it to a high altitude location? Mm-hmm. Does it always stay in Michigan and different things like that? So uh, credit to the Hansons um, for yeah making uh, lemonade out of lemons mm-hmm. on that situation. And then December twentieth, really. You know, there's a couple of marathons, smaller marathons mm-hmm. that are coming up. Uh, there may or may not be one here in the state of Tennessee at the end of next month. We're not sure yet. Mm-hmm. But December 20th, the Marathon Project in Phoenix uh, involves, again, uh, the uh, Hoka Oneone, Northern Arizona um, Distance Group, and Ben Rosario. Uh, ben has not sat around during the COVID. No. They, they're busting their ass. Um, and so the marathon project is interesting just because it's an elite only. Yeah, so this, this is going to be an interesting. So basically, um, I, guess, I guess myself and uh, the three girls that we had qualify for the Olympic trials. Um, Gina, Katie, Katie Beth, and, and, Beth. and Gina yep. um, all qualified, qualified to register for this race. And then they, they took the top 50 people who top 50 men and top 50 women and I don't I saw the entry list and I don't know what it took uh I know I probably would not have qualified um I think probably uh Gina if she had decided to to register may have they had Um, a like an entry list or a automatic yeah there's an automatic and provisional and so probably someone you know with a 238 like Gina you know probably would have made it but it's going to be it's it's going to it's it was really hard to get into and it's a five mile or six mile loop like four point something Phoenix, it's weird. Yeah. Phoenix, Arizona, and it's December twentieth, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be the closest thing I think to like a national championship type race. Yeah. Um, and they got some of the, I think they, I saw like, uh, ten of the top twenty top finishers from the Olympic trials or something. So it's gonna be Ben. Ben did a good job of putting that together in a short short period of time. The registration was only open for a week or so. Yeah. Um. So it'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be a good thing to watch. December I think so December twentieth. Tune, tune in and see what's going on there. Hopefully, you know, the thing that um, I think, you know, as running nerds, and, I, and I, I see a lot of things on Let's Run that, you know, running people don't want to spend money mm-hmm. on, you know, uh, different fi- uh, flow track and, and, and things like that. Uh, so the Hansons group kind of went, I don't know, the cheap route if you will, and went to um, um, flow, uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting. I know it hasn't come out yet uh, what Ben and Josh are going to, how they're going to stream it, um, but you can bet your ass I'll be watching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Just, just because, you know, obviously we watched London here, mm-hmm. and so uh, off the top of my head, I don't even know what day. December 20th is, but I'm assuming it's, it's got to be a Saturday or Saturday Sunday. Or Sunday yeah. So it'll be fun to watch. I doubt it's going to be on NBC Gold. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, you know, I like the fact that, like, Ben and those guys, Josh Cox, are, you know, not sitting around 
just wait, you know, obviously they have uh, uh, Alephine, you know, qualified for the, for the Olympic Games next summer. And so the fact that they're not sitting around just like waiting around for that, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to, obviously Ben, Ben and Josh have other athletes to manage. And, and so, um, the fact that they're coming up with new ideas, like the, you know, at, which Ekadins aren't new ideas, but they're not, they're, they're kind of a new concept yeah. here, you know, for us, the people that don't know. And so marathon project will be cool to watch. And so, um, sit tight we're working on something we'll in hopefully two weeks not three weeks we'll get there um i think we we talked about cross country initially and we're not we're going to try not to go down a rabbit hole cross country as a winter sport ethan what do you think (laughs) personally i wish (laughs) i wish cross country had been a winter sport because i probably would have run a lot better in uh january and february than i did in September and October just due to weather um obviously in the in the um northern states that's a little bit problematic because um you know obviously with the snow and ice they have a hard they would have a hard time getting cross-country courses together so yeah it's hard hard to say what about you you know I've I've had this discussion with uh coaches here recently and the problematic thing is that um, that's the problem. Like, it's your problem. So the fact that, like, Wisconsin, the Northeast, you know, uh, Rhode Island, New York, like, they, they'd have to deal with that difficulty of it. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the nature of the sport. So deal with it. And, and, and it's hard to say, like, you know, oh, we'll just train through snow. Like, you know, Florida State in Tallahassee is going to train through, right. you know, prime weather. I mean, what was it in in, in uh, the New England regional last year? Had to be like on a road a road, a race. road race because they couldn't run on the on the cross country course because they got a foot of snow the night before. And or maybe something. that maybe that means that like cross country is not going to be contested in February or January. But, um, you know, when you look at like the global calendar. And like, oh yeah, World Cross. When World Cross does occur every other year, it's in March. Nationally and globally, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, you know, you wonder from a perspective, like, how does that set up, like, our young athletes that are, you know, uh, you know, we'll call them juniors because they're, you know, they're not seniors from from a global perspective. And so. Um, it's an interest. I like the idea of it just because I read uh, Ken Go from the Oregonian uh, had an article a couple of weeks ago that was about, um, uh, you know, which you when you're in it you don't think of it, like col- like distance runners on a co- on a college level are expected to run cross country, indoor and outdoor mm-hmm. track, and so if you're a cross country runner, if cross country has moved to a winter sport then that mean that that could mean that during that fall time you're spent training right like and then you would take off like you'd have your break in the summer like two weeks three weeks mm-hmm. whatever it is whatever your coach decides and then you're spent you spend that time training in the fall right and then you run cross country in the winter and then you're ready to go for outdoor track 
it'd be much less of a meat grinder for sure. Yes. Than what the the current NCAA schedule is right now, where you, you don't have any breaks for any extended period of time. Uh, yeah, what would, do you what yeah. do you what do you think, Kyle? Uh, <laughs> you're you've I, I I called you in a second ago, and we'll do the introduction in a little bit, but uh, you just I think you just listened to our discussion about the uh, NCAA cross country as a as a winter sport. What do you think? Yeah, hey guys. Um, yes, I think it's interesting, right? You know, um, as you mentioned, USA's and Worlds are in the winter. Um, and I think even cross country was a winter sport in the uh, in the Winter Olympics a uh, long time ago. So it does have a winter pedigree to it. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's tough. Uh, as you mentioned, you, know, you got to do cross country, indoor and outdoor. Um, in terms of the pecking order, you got to say, outdoor track is the you know, kind of the, the marquee and then probably cross a second with indoor a distant third right um so yeah i think if you're if you're like a, a 10k runner you can kind of approach it all the same way you know if you're a 800 or 1500 meter specialist who also runs cross you know you, you might have to change up what you do with with base a little bit but um yeah i, I don't know um it's, it's hard to make a call because we don't we don't even know what like the the summer schedule or you know even the Olympic schedule is gonna look right. like. So you kind of gotta start there and then work backwards. Uh, yeah, I, I don't really know. I think it's tough. <laughs> I think we're all in the same boat here. No one really knows anything about anything at this moment in time. So. And so, uh, you know, we we didn't give Kyle a proper introduction so kyle stanton is uh our uh, special guest call-in here uh today and so kyle um we'll get to the beer drinking and there's a reason there's a reason he's a special call-in but just for just introduction real quick and so kyle uh, you've run uh, correct me if i'm wrong 217.50 somewhere around there i think yeah, yeah is yeah, that right that. for a full marathon yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so that's obviously not too shabby. Um, and uh, born and raised in, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is it Virginia? Uh, Maryland, yeah. Mar- right. ah, close from, enough, yeah. Yeah, close, close enough. Maryland, yeah. uh, still live there, real close to, to D.C. now. And so it looks like, you know, you followed a bunch of different, like, training programs uh, you know, throughout the time that you, by the time you got to running, you know, just under two, 218. And so, uh, tell us a little bit about your background as, as, as a runner. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's funny, as, as you mentioned that, uh, you know, we'll get to the, to the beer thing in a little bit, which is, uh, <laughs> what I'm most known for, but, um, I was, I was also a, a decent runner for, for a little bit too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was a curious case where you know, I was typical, you know, mediocre high schooler. Um, I think there's the, what the famous uh, Frank Shorter quote, like, "How do I know you were a 420 miler in high school?" Because everyone was a 420 miler in high school. Well, I think it was 430. Like, you're yeah, you're cutting off 10 seconds there, Kyle. All right. Well, yeah, I, w- I was 426 <laughs> in high school, which um, so trying to trying to walk on to. Uh, uh, the Villanova program, which has a handful of guys that can go sub four, that that just didn't happen. Um, and that's yeah, how, and that's how we that's how we came in contact because our friend uh, Brent Johnson, 
who we have a few nicknames oh, for. Oh, please, with that guy. Uh, uh, Patrick came up with the best one, which is onesie, and we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that maybe offline sometime. Why why we call him onesie? Um, but yeah, so you guys were you guys ran together at Villanova on the and you were on the club team, right? You were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both in the same boat. I, I met him my sophomore year, so we were we were both you know decent runners, um, but not quite good enough to make the the varsity team. Uh, so. It was he was a good find. Um, he transferred over sophomore year, and then we just started running a bunch of mileage together, and just kind of kept improving throughout the years. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Ethan, we we crossed paths. I think at Boston one year. Yeah. And then uh, and then yeah, you know, did Hood to Coast with you all. I'm actually wearing the shirt from that. Oh yeah. Coincidentally. But, yeah, uh, we yeah. recruited you for that Hood to Coast team, and you you killed it, I think. Oh yeah, that was so much fun. That was yeah. It's one of those things. I think maybe you, you had to be there when you try to explain you know what the event is and i'm like yeah you know you have like you know just like 12 sweaty guys like crammed into a van <laughs> people don't really get it but it was it was a pretty awesome weekend and then i think we were i think we actually got you on a blue ridge relay team too oh yeah yeah which that is was, maybe that was another, uh, maybe not quite as much fun but a little bit more of a grinder yeah yeah it was it was harder blue ridge was but uh yeah i, th- I think they were they were equal fun great group of guys and just yeah a lot of a lot of, a lot of good runners on that team and just a lot of fun. So, so despite despite the fact that you're a 217 marathoner, which is fast, pretty damn quick, pretty yeah. pretty quick. Um, the reason we actually called you is because you are actually a world record holder currently, as far as far as anyone knows, and we'll call it FKT, fastest known right. time, because <laughs> because uh, I actually checked into Guinness and they will not ratify um, records that involve um, alcohol consumption. So, um, you actually have the world record for the fastest hundred miles and a hundred beers, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to report it. Uh, report it, you know, FKT, right? Because um, it was yeah the fastest that that we know about. Yeah, um, and it's you know self self ratified. Right. Um, but I but, I feel yeah. like the the community is probably small enough where it, where if um you know if the if the if we would probably know if someone had done faster time. So, um, so what's, what was your time? Um, so the, the record is 79 hours and 44 minutes, I believe. So by trade, you are an accountant, right? So you're, you're, you're into keeping the numbers and all, and, and the specifics that go along with it, right, Kyle? Oh yeah. So we have Ethan that keeps different numbers. So he's very methodical in the way he does things. How did you, how was your approach when you decided, I'm going to drink 100 beers and run 100 miles in one week? What was your approach like? Because you went, you know, you followed all these training programs and obviously you've run, you know, really well in the marathon. What made you sit down and think, this is what I'm going to try to do right now I'm going to, and this is how I'm going to do it? So tell, like, coach us <laughs> through how that process went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did it my junior year in college. Um, so the fall of junior year, I had a you know, successful road and cross country season, as you mentioned, on, on the club team and just kind of doing my own thing. Um, and then I think I picked up a couple like minor injuries over the winter. So it, it seemed like the, the spring wasn't really going to pan out with a you know, super successful season. So you know, 
two things I was doing a lot of in, in college, uh, you know, running a lot of miles and drinking a couple beers. So found out about the bicentennial challenge, you know, which is just a hundred. The, the original challenge was a hundred miles and a hundred beers in a week. Right. A bunch of people have done that. And I don't know the success rate on it, but it's, it's, it's a challenge for sure. So me and, me and a buddy tried to, to do that. Um, and we did it during the semester, so that was kind of an interesting twist on it. Did you did you go to class during that time? Yeah, yeah, but you know, if the class was too long, you'd have to sneak into the bathroom and throw a couple <laughs> back you know, just to, to keep on pace. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was serious, but uh, apparently. So the, the plan was to try to do it in a week, which is, like, you know, if you're familiar with running 100 miles in a week, you got to do about 14 or 15 a day. Um, so just do that for mileage and beers. Um, and I, I had run plenty of hundred mile, 120, maybe 140 at that point mile weeks as, as well. So no, no issue about that. Um, never really kept tabs on how many beers I was drinking, but you know, if you spread it over the course of a day, 14, it's a lot, but it's, I thought it was manageable. So we went after it kind of just trying to do it in seven days. And I started getting really ahead of pace uh, and then I was, all right, so let's kind of think about where we are. And I said, all right, I think I could probably do a hundred hours. So that's the, the infamous tricentennial. Right. I don't think anyone had done at that point. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. So you, um, you think, you think you were the first hundred beer, hundred mile, hundred hour. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, so changed the, the game plan a little bit and started going for a hundred hours. And, uh, I did that. Uh, there's a, uh, that was kind of a fun end to it. It's, you know, I was at Villanova, which is in Philadelphia. So it was probably 2 AM, 3 AM and ran the, uh, the last mile, uh, up Ben Franklin Parkway, up the, um, art museum steps of Philadelphia <laughs> you know, for the, you know, the, Rock, the Rocky, the Rocky statue. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that was a lot of fun, but that was 96 hours. Um, which I was proud of. Uh, my, my buddy did not make it all the way through. But uh, so yeah, I did 96 hours. But the issue was I was drinking Bud Light. Uh, and I caught a lot of flack for drinking Bud Light, which is understandable because it's terrible beer. But um, also, it's not five percent. Right. That that was the uh, that was the bigger issue. Yeah, it's like you know 4.2 or whatever. Uh, so of course throw a challenge at me and I'm going to take it personally. So about a month later made the, uh, you know, choice, let's do it again. Uh, this was during spring break. So I didn't have you know, the whole class schedule. To deal I'd, with. I just had, I'd known, I knew you had done it twice. I didn't realize it was only a month apart. Yeah, it was probably, yeah, probably about a month because spring break was end of February or early March. So it had to have been about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened between the month of when I uh, yeah, kind of you know, pissed off and was like, all right, I got to <laughs> do it even better. So, um, yeah, spring break of my junior year in college, we uh, got, I guess, three 30 racks of Budweiser, Bud Heavy, you know, 5% proper beer, um, and then uh, a couple others um, to you know, make the, the round 100. Uh, so... And just you know, went after it. I learned I learned a lot though from um, the first go, even though it was only the uh, the you know sorry four point two percent beer. Um, still learned a lot about how to like pace it properly. Yeah, 
So, which is, yeah, that's that's what always like people always ask you is like, how do you like pace it properly? That's that's yeah. that's interesting because what did as, your what did your AA counselor <laughs> talk to you about, Kyle, when you uh, talk to them? about your running endeavors and your drinking efforts <laughs> you know and i i say that kiddingly because obviously this is all you know like ethan said he 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 we got fireworks going on that means tennessee may have scored tennessee against, scored against alabama huh? i guess sorry kyle we're just uh, listening to the fireworks <laughs> no but, I get um you know it's not a ratified thing um but it's it's a hell of, i'm sure it's a hell of a good time and so maybe uh maybe <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, so so I guess so so as our as our listeners, uh, we do have we have a few loyal listeners, and as they know um, from our last episode, I am pl- actually planning on trying to break your record. All right, uh, I'll, th- give some, I'll give you some. Thanks, uh, some Thanksgiving, right. Thanksgiving weekend. The I'm starting. Is put down right now. I'm starting on Thanksgiving Day, um, and the problem is that. You know, I'm I'm 37 years old, and I have a, a job and another, you know, partial job, and I'm in uh, school and going for my PhD, and plus running. I don't actually drink very much right now, um, so I guess what what I most cons- what, what what I want most is some of your lessons learned about you know how how to approach it and and have the most chance of success. Well, so the, uh, I'm going to interject for just one second. Ethan is old, and so, or older. Uh, Kyle, when you did this, you said you were a junior. Yeah, junior. So, so you're so like I'm 22, about, 21? So, so I'm about 15 years older than he was okay. at, that, at that point in time. Okay, so yeah. yes, share your wisdom with us, Kyle, please. Yeah, so I don't know how the drinking's going yeah, to affect you if you're 37. I don't know if I could do it at this point. I'm only... 29 just trying to, trying to get you and in. you're still a raging alcoholic shut <laughs> up <laughs> i didn't call i didn't call you to tell me not that i couldn't do it um yeah but no i think it, it, it's it's hard uh, the you know you you've run tons of miles in, in your life Ethan. so the, the mileage won't be any challenge for you it's going to be the drinking yeah and that's what people always get wrong um about about this challenge is they always, I don't know why, but they're like, I'm going to front load the mileage and back mm-hmm. load the beer. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Right. That's what I've got. A, a lot of people have said, just go run a hundred miles and then just sit there and drink beers. And I'm like, I don't think that, that doesn't, doesn't sound like the best idea to me. I think I want to, no. I want to keep it as even as possible. <laughs> right. Right. So that's, that, and that's exactly what it is. If you went and ran a hundred miles, you know, it takes you what, 20 hours to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you just chop 20 hours off your total time. Now you got to drink a hundred beers in 56 hours. Right. And plus it takes, hours, plus right? it takes a long time to recover from that, from that hundred miles in 20 hours. Like that's not an yeah. easy thing to do. Yeah. You're going to be fully depleted on like that and just energy in general. The beer is going to go right through you. So, so ter- terrible idea. So let um, me, so let me, so I have been running a lot. I'm, 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 I'm a decent amount of mileage right now. Um, so I think I'm pretty fit, but as far as the, the beer training goes, um, what kind of what was your schedule like leading up to this these these challenges? Were you drinking you know a few beers every night, or were you kind of like <laughs> binge drinking on the weekends, or how did that kind of go? I, I didn't train for the drinking at all. I was in college, which is as much of a kind of 
crash courses you can get for that kind of thing. Anyway, but um, no, I, I I didn't have any sort of drinking training behind it. So okay, uh, yeah, I just you know I was in college. Yeah, so you do the standard Thursday, Friday, Saturday kind of thing. But yeah, what, what's a bit different about this challenge is you know you have to just you have to be doing something all the time, mm-hmm. which, which is which is kind of the issue. You, you're gonna wake up early, and you're gonna have to drink like four or five beers right when you wake up, and that's hard to do. Um, that's hard to mentally get <laughs> yourself up to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, so what, yeah. So, were you getting like a full night of sleep in in there every every day, or were you kind of no, just getting a couple hours here and there? I was probably sleeping about five hours a day. Okay. Or, yeah, 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 probably four or five at night. But yeah, what you know. What I would say is, yeah, you want to kind of evenly match your drinking and running. You, you know, your day would look like you wake up, drink four or five, start to feel that little bit of buzz. Um, you can't forget to keep eating regular food and right. drinking a lot of like non-alcohol as well. You gotta you like that as much as you can. So I probably drank as much uh, an equal proportion of beer as I did uh, Blue Powerade. A little shout out to okay. them. Yeah, um, <laughs> your check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I'm feeling better. I, I, I think I'm right on track. I think your, your days of world, world record are numbered right now. Oh, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was, was interesting. So yeah, yeah. To, you have to pace yourself on the beers and the run. I, I would say in, until like the final sprint with like the last, whatever it was, eight to twelve beers. <laughs> I never really got too much beyond just like buzz. Yeah. You would just, you'd drink until you'd start to feel it and then you'd go out and run 10 miles. And then by the time you get back, you feel fine again. Then you grab a couple shower beers, you know, rinse off, um, drink a few more, eat some food, hang out for a little bit. But yeah, you should always have, if, if you don't have a beer, an open beer in your hand, you better be running. Okay. <laughs> um, did you, did you happen to, have any idea how fast your miles were when you were when you were running these hundred miles? Were they like, were they normal running pace for you? Which I, I guess you know is around seven seven minute miles. Or were you you know just slogging through these miles? They were probably like yeah, like seven to eight minute. Nothing fast, but nothing super slow. And that's all right. You know, you take a break for a second, walk around for a little bit, recompose yourself if you need to. But uh, yeah, no no tempo runs or anything. For yeah. <laughs> fascinating yeah for someone who imbibes uh maybe more than i should i don't ever think that i'm gonna try this bicentennial bicentennial challenge um but it's it's interesting hey we got a world record holder i know called in. we so, so so we've got a few Olymp- we got four olympians and a world record holder now Four olympians and a world record holder and so uh kyle what is what do your days look like now I assume you're not drinking 100 beers each, you know, every week. Uh, but you're yeah. an accountant, and you're uh, probably keeping yourself fit. Um, any marathons coming up in this COVID, COVID pandemic time? No, no marathons. I sort of hung up the uh, the racing shoes at least a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, kind of you know, trying to keep fit, hitting the gym. I'll do a, a run or two occasionally. Um, yeah, mostly just working a lot, you know, being a kind of normal adult. Um, wouldn't say I'm throwing back uh, 
a, a case of a beer a day anymore, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll have a few most nights. So you're an you're an accountant up in Maryland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, in public accounting. Yeah, so, sounds sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, but got those yeah those th- those regular gigs, man. That's good. That's good. Well, Kyle, it was it was awesome to talk to you, man. Uh, maybe one day if like relays ever happen again or an Ekaden, as yeah. we talked about. Yeah, earlier. we could do an Ekaden. Uh, and it'll it probably it'll involve more than a couple of beers. But uh, yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Hey, thanks for chatting with us, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. We'll see you, Kyle. Have a good day. All right. Well, take care, guys. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I, I got to say, I'm feeling pretty good about this right now. You know what? I, I have all the confidence in you just because I think you take what you've, you know, learn. If, if you can learn anything from Kyle, like take what you got, get from him. And then I feel like your running prowess and the fact that, you know, you know, you enjoy beer now and again. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you put the two together. Uh, I have the full con- all confidence in you that you'll uh, will be the world record holder and then think about it like what what you know what trumps what it's like you know you got eventually you have your PhD you got the store here you're a lead engineer you, I mean you can't figure out how to hook up the the, the hookups <laughs> to our podcast but you are an engineer at Oak Ridge and the fact that you could be a world record holder here in like a month's time. Well, once once I own the world record, <laughs> I'll let you know what how how it feels. All right, and to wrap up, uh, we'll probably next time uh, we'll we'll be on before Thanksgiving. We hope. Yeah. I don't I don't yeah. envision any uh, uh, scheduling conflicts, so we'll get to Thanksgiving uh, at some point. But let's wrap up with um, a new product. Oh yeah, coming into the long run. Yeah, so um, we kind of, uh, you know, with the the business being relatively new, we 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 weren't sure how ordering always goes, and so our Wazelle uh, fall shipment just came in. I know some some stores got them in, you know, a month ago. So um, you know, come in, check out the new Wazelle stuff. We got a lot of the long sleeve shirts with the um, watch watch opening, which is you know something that more companies should do is that a deal um, like a watch opening is a, is a oh thing? yeah because oh, okay. it's got the, it's got the thumb hole right on. so but then you got your watch and if you have if you're using the thumb hole then you can't see your watch gotcha so if okay. you can just open up the little hole and you can see your watch then you got all your bases covered um and we've got a lot of the easy the rabbit easy uh tees and and half zips and quarter zips and so we, we're we're getting the um cold weather stuff in just right on time i think uh, so if, hopefully, so, if, so yeah, hopefully. Ho- hopefully it starts to get cold here in the next few weeks. We were talking earlier this morning, like you know, we're missing those oh, yeah. forty degree days. Yeah. We yeah. can't have these sixty five degree yeah. days. We so need we got forty degree. We got days. lots of long sleeves, got lots of leggings, got lots of tights. Um, so yeah, come come by, see what we got. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll. It won't be three weeks. It'll be yeah, two, two weeks. Two weeks. Um, and because we'll have a lot to talk about in two weeks and so uh october 24th 1990 i recommend you check it out the sports hall from hamburg germany uh swing down to 2452 Sutherland avenue uh on shoes all the gear they got going on check it out and uh we'll see you here 
very shortly. See you in the long run.